and I worked in uh, Park and Gamble back in Pakistan, so I saved up some money from there. So that kind of helped me move here, pay for school, pay for housing. And then I was very lucky that during school, I landed a TA ship that led to a part-time job that led to me paying for my, I had some money coming in. So because when you come here as an immigrant, there's a ton of pressure on you to make it work. You don't want to ask your parents for money. Like that's the worst thing you can do. So you just like grind it out, you find a job, you get some money coming in so you can pay for rent because the point of shame is like your parents already put so much money into sending you here that you're like, oh, mom, dad, I ran out of cash. Can you loan me some more money? And they're like, what? <laughs> Have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and start a new life in a foreign country? From my experience, it can be a struggle. On the Newcomers Podcast, I'll be sharing my story, as well as the stories of other immigrants. We'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting afresh. My name is Dozier, and I'm looking forward to being your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Newcomers Podcast, where I chat with immigrants like myself. I mean, I call you newcomers, but today I have a 12-year-old newcomer with me. Like, Camille has been in Canada for like 12 years. <laughs> Give it me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you came here as a student, and then you've, you're not running an agency. Like, that is amazing. I think looking at your journey, I think I'll just dive straight into one question I always ask. I see people talking about if you're a first-gen immigrant... You know, dealing yeah. with survival mentality. Like, how? What? What's your take on that? Like, how do you deal with the fact that? Yeah, you're just trying to survive instead of saying, "Can I build something that goes beyond myself yeah. as an immigrant?" Oh, that's a that's a very loaded question. So, I was <laughs> fortunate enough to have parents that had economic means, and I worked in uh, Park and Gamble back in Pakistan, so I saved up some money from there. So that kind of helped me move here, pay for school, pay for housing. And then I was very lucky that during school, I landed a TA ship that led to a part-time job that led to me paying for my, I had some money coming in. So because when you come here as an immigrant, there's a ton of pressure on you to make it work. You don't want to ask your parents for money. Like that's the worst thing you can do. So you just like grind it out, you find a job, you get some money coming in so you can pay for rent because the point of shame is like your parents already put so much money into sending you here that you're like, oh, mom, dad, I ran out of cash. Can you loan me some more money? And they're like, what? <laughs> so like I was very fortunate in that sense that I didn't, um, I mean, I struggled in different ways, but I didn't have to struggle to, I was never unemployed. Let me say that way. So like, I never, I never had the time where I was like, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't know if I have money to pay for rent because the part-time job that led to a full-time job. And I've been like, I've been working since then and I've been paying my own expenses, but yeah, like you just want to get a roof on your head. You just get like, you start driving taxis or whatever, because as a newcomer, it's also like, oh, I have a PhD in mathematics from Pakistan, but they're like, well, it's from Pakistan. It doesn't really count. So you're like, nobody kind of gives you that. Yeah. Like, I've met so many people who are like, oh, I can't get a job because I don't have Canadian experience. And I'm like, it's a chicken and egg problem. How can you have Canadian experience when nobody hires you in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> and I hate that. So, 
I kind of went down that path. I fell into tech startups, marketing. I did that for a long time. <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to have some money. I had good income coming in. My wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, my wife was also fortunate enough to have some money. So we were never in that. We weren't well off, but we weren't like uh, below the poverty. We were like, okay. We had a small apartment we were paying rent for and like we managed to buy a small car and like uh, we had some family support to fall back on in case shit completely went sideways. Uh, but I'm not from a well-off family in Pakistan. We're solidly middle class. My dad is an academic. My mom is a housewife. They come from a small village in Peshawar. My mom never went to school. It was very important for her to like everybody gets an education, goes to school. And my oldest sister was actually the came to Canada 20 years ago. So I had that, uh, when I came here, I lived with her. Like I used to live in London. I used to take the Greyhound to Waterloo every morning at 6 a.m. to go for classes and then take the Greyhound back at 6 p.m. for two hours to go back to her house because that's where I was living with my nephews and my sister for the first three, four months that I came to Canada. So that was a big help because if I had landed here and I had nobody here, I would have lost my fucking mind. Like, sorry, I don't know if I can say it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> But like that was an incredible help. And like my sister was here, so she had settled, she had a network, she had a family, she had like lots of friends. And I like, she helped me plug into that, um, the ecosystem. Otherwise, if I was like, I can't imagine being like here by myself, nobody, nobody that I know. And just like, especially in the winters, it's like depressing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and then I was fortunate enough that like, uh, my sister was here. I had, I went into, I got into Waterloo for my master's, like, School kind of gives you that network and grounding as well because you meet other people like you who are from Iran, who are from Pakistan, who are from Nigeria, who are from South America, who are from Uruguay, and they're all like kind of figuring it out as they go. So like that, I think that created like a good bond for us. I keep I keep hearing this seeing this theme when I talk to a lot of immigrants, especially like people like you who came in as students, where they say that you know like coming in as a student is is a huge advantage because it it kind of gives you people like you who yeah. are finding their way and just yeah. going on along that journey. And I think you're, you're at that age where you're open to new experiences and new people, uh, when you're a student, like you bond over shared experiences, you're doing school projects together and you're struggling with some exams and like you have that shared experience. I think when you come as a, uh, under the skilled working class thing, where you come here as, I think it's a different dynamic because you're in a professional setting. Uh, you're expected to have your shit together all the time. You're expected to do a job. But as a student, you can be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing either. And like, everybody kind of bonds over that. That's super powerful because I mean, I came as a skilled worker and I, I know that I feel that pressure where you just come in and you just need to get going. There's no yeah. time. There's no time for you to try to, to try and Especially fail. Like, come with the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause like we came with a kid and my wife was pregnant when we landed. Like, you yeah, just need to yeah. just get going, get a house. Yeah. Like, you know, just, yeah. you can't fail <laughs> or else you have, you look, you look at the, the little one and you're like, he's not going to go hungry. He doesn't, he doesn't care. You, you brought him here yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. So I came when I was 26 or I don't know, I'm like 38 now. So like 26 or something. So I didn't have family, kids, you know, none of that pressure. So it was just me. And even if I'm making like, I can rent a room for 400 bucks and I can live in the room in the basement. I don't care. Like it's a room that I can live in. But if I was with my family, I want like, I don't want to put my family in the same room. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, so do you, do you have any friends who, who came like you 
who didn't mm-hmm. have the kind of support you had, like just having a community, like having a sister who was yeah. already, who already knew the system. Do you have any friends like that? Do, can you talk a bit about I, uh, how, what they went through? I have a friend from through? high school that came here as a skate worker three years ago with his family. And it was hard. Like he came, he had trouble finding like a proper job. So he did like some minimum wage work just to like pay rent. And then like slowly now he works as a CRA and like he's, he's pretty comfortable. They actually moved to Calgary recently as well. And he has a third kid on the way, but like now they're kind of settled two, three years into it. And he was fortunate that he had a certain skill set and he was smart and he like made the effort. I think the other thing is like, uh, when you come here, the way it works back home is very different than the way it works here. Like how you find a job here in Canada, it's all about networking, meeting people, referrals. And back in Pakistan, it's like, you go to the website, you apply and you just apply. And like, you know, it's like, it's like a big, you know, so like whenever, uh, I have another friend who came, who I met for a coffee. He was in my, uh, undergrad university. He was also like, he's like, I'm here with my family and I don't have a, I don't have a job. Like what, what do I do? Like I have some yeah. savings, but the savings are only going to last me like yeah. what, three months, six months. I'm like, just get the first job you can get, get your foot in the door. And then eventually when you have that baseline of like, you're, you're working some job that's paying some rent, then you have that comfort level to think about, okay, I'm out of that survival mode. Now I can think about, okay, what do I actually want to do? But otherwise it's very like, you're just like, I have six months. I see my rent is 1500 a month and my savings are like getting depleted every month. Like I need to get some money coming in. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when most stuff is hard and, and just, just curious. And like, I, cause I don't even have the answer to that is. Do you think that we ever get out of it? Like, even though when you, you know, get a better job, you know, I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. I think it's the, I don't want to get too economic philosophical, political, whatever, but I think it's just the capitalist system that we live in that you always want to more, you always want more money. You want a bigger house. You want a bigger car. You want a second car. You're always in that rat race for like promotions. and, And I think. In a way, like for me, the motivation is to leave something for my kids. So like it comes from that place. But in some cases, like even in that context, I'm stuck in that. Like, even though I own a business now, I want to make the business bigger. I want to get, you know, I want to grow the business. So like, I think it's partially because like in Pakistan, for example, if you are unemployed, you still have your family to fall back. You can go, Hey dad, like I need to, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, we have a big house. You come go back, go back to your old room. Your wife and kids can live with us too. We have a square basement, whatever. It's fine. I think here you're kind of like, it's very individual based. Like it's very individualistic society. So like you have nobody, to, like there is the social safety net of like EI and government and all that stuff. But I don't think you have that community to fall back on. So you're always just trying to move forward. You know, now that we're talking about individual versus the collective, let's dive, let's dive into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think the thing that really hits me as an immigrant to someone who moves across is that, like we were talking about before the show started, where we say, someone says, how are you doing? But it's just... They don't really, actually mean that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're not supposed to answer that question. Like, <laughs> or the one that I really struggle with is, and, I, and I'm, it's, I think it's polite, it's cool. You know, someone's, you look at someone, the person looks at you and the person smiles. Yeah. I used to make the mistake that the smile was a, oh, hi. No, the smile is just a, 
Mm. And then, yeah, exactly. And the, the face clams up in, almost immediately. And then I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm trying to understand what you yeah, went yeah. on here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I can imagine Pakistan is very much like back home in Nigeria too. Very communal, very yeah, yeah. big family. Come so, over for dinner, have some tea. Yeah. Yeah. So, f- so for you, like, Moving here at 26, like that's pretty young, early in your career, early in your life. Like, how have you navigated that journey just moving across? So it's a funny story. I never quite, I, there's a lot of things I love about Pakistan, but I never quite fit in. So I was always, (laughs) I was always a bit different. So I don't know why. My mom used to always call me her Gora Bacha, which means my white kid. (laughs) Because (laughs) she's like, you're, you're not like, like even in high school, I was, I just wanted different things out of life. I love the community stuff. I think there's pros and cons to it. And here it's more individual, which makes more, more lonely. I think, um, people don't have kids early in life. They have them later in life. And that's another thing that we can talk about. But like, in a way it was like, I missed a lot of that because you just show up to somebody's house and they're like, my friend, like, Hey, I'm coming over. And my mom, like, Oh, I'll just make dinner for your friend too. Like he's part of, you know, they go come to your house, they go to your face, they grab whatever they want. And they're just like part of the family here. It's like the house is a sacred space. Like you, you're polite to somebody you're like, Hey, okay. Yeah. But you like make them outside for a coffee. You don't have to invite them all to your house. Like you don't know your neighbors, like in Pakistan, like, you know, everybody's neighbors and like, you know, this person and what their son does and like, you know, that person and they, you know, and we left, we moved to Vancouver now, but in Toronto, like we, we had that. We, we would struggle with that a lot, especially having kids now. So like when it was just my wife and I, it was like, we go to work, we make money, we come home, we're too tired. You know, we have some friends, we go out on the weekend with, okay, fine. With kids, you want the kids to grow up with friends and like have that sense of community around them. And like Toronto, we really struggled with that. In Vancouver, I find it better, even though it's a really expensive city to live in. There's more immigrants, there's more first-time immigrants, there's more people from Asia, from Latin America, from India from Pakistan. So like there's more people like you and we've now like we've found a little bit of that sense of community, but it's like, it's, you know, during COVID we were in Toronto and it was like, what if both of us got COVID? Who's going to take care of the kids? Like we were lucky that yeah. we had some close friends that we could call and like they could take the kids for a few hours, but like, it's not like you can just leave them somewhere. Right. For like, if you had, if we had our parents around, we could just be like, Hey, just take them for two days. We can't deal with them anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I guess just you, like, if it's not you, who else is going to be? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's something you used to say, that you, your mom used to call you. I'm, I'm curious. So when you're in Pakistan, there was, oh, here's the white kid. When you moved out to Canada, did you ever miss those things that you were like, oh, I don't really like them. You know how it is when you moved to Canada now? And yeah. Did you miss those things that you didn't really like when you were back home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss the, the noisiness, the hustle bustle, the just people everywhere, like just people talking, people like Pakistan has changed quite a bit. I don't think Pakistan is the same that it was when I was growing up, but like I used to be out till, you know, sunset in the park playing cricket and my mom knew that it's okay. She knew that I was with my friends and like, I'll come home for dinner. We don't have that culture here, right? Like my yeah. kids go out, I need to like, oh, where are they going? Who are they with? Oh, I'm going to go to the park. We can't just let them go on their own. I miss that a lot. I miss 
I think it was personally it was like a different time growing up, right? We didn't have the internet, we didn't have phones, we didn't have this, we didn't have that. We just every all the kids would just gather on the street and play cricket or play something, and like all the neighborhood kids would like hang out together. Especially because I uh, like uh, I'm still in touch with I still talk to a lot of the friends I have. Like we grew up together from like grade one all the way to university. We have that lot of history and like. They know my family. I know their family. I know their grandfather and like their cousins and aunts and uncles and like that's a lot of that stuff is missing here because here it's all about the individual and like you as a person and there that's about like your family and but there's also negatives, right? Like there's a lot of negatives associated when you have yeah when you're too family centered. Sometimes you lose yourself and you like you have to do what the family says even though you don't want to do it. There's all these unsaid expectations and baggage that comes with a big family, and like, um, I want to, I don't know, pursue a different career. Career? No, the family has always mm. done this thing, right? So, like, yeah, there's a lot uh, of that. Yeah, people don't say that about, or we don't like to talk about that part of the of the yes. communal life. We just try to talk about the good things, but yeah, it does yeah. have the part that we don't like. Like, yeah, something like the yeah. collective comes comes at an expense of the individual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you, you know, it's funny because so I came across this passage in a book. I forgot the name of the book. It's uh, by this lady called, I think, The Life and Death of Great American Cities. Oh, you know, I and, that book. Yeah. 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 And it talks about that at some point, this, this American cities were like, they had this communal thing in a, in a way where the kids were raised to know that the adults around them had to take care of them somehow. And yeah. that way, the kids learn stuff from the adults just because, oh, they learned yeah. how to live in the city, how to navigate stuff, how to, what you need to do here. You know, and it feels like, and I, it feels like, yeah, yeah the, the West has lost a bit of that. But I will also worry, it looks like that thing is spreading across the world. Because, yeah, when we all talk about how we grew up and then you look back home, like when I think of Nigeria now and how kids are being raised in Nigeria, it's almost similar to this in the bit where, you know, is yep. everyone's the house is a sacred place. Not nobody comes there. It's just you and the family. Maybe every now yeah. and then a friend comes. Every yeah. other thing, let's do it outside the house. Like, yeah, let's let's go out. Part of it is urbanization too. Like I think, um, like especially in Pakistan, we grew up in a like my parents grew up in a small village, but now that village is not a village anymore. It's turned into like. It's a mix of like slums and skies, you know what? Like, yeah, everybody wants to move to the city for better jobs. And I think like it's a global economic movement of people and money. And like, there's just that global shift happening. And I think like when you, when you live in a condo, it's very different than when you live in a village. So like, I think the the public spaces are starting to go away. There's not so much, uh, you can't go on the street and play cricket anymore because there's yeah. just too many cars and motorcycles. Like it's yeah. a safety hazard now. Yeah, I think there's that stuff has to do a lot with it, like just the economic, global, globalization, urbanization yeah. thing. Um, I, I definitely, and I also think like there's a bit of what I call it cultural imperialism. It's a sensitive topic, <laughs> but like there's a lot of importing of culture. I think there's good stuff we can like. Our my part of the world, there's so much good stuff we can learn from Canada, the US, Europe, whatever. But there's also that negative, and I think yeah, are, yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very sensitive because sensitive topic. Because anytime I discuss it with friends, I think one of them will ask me, "But you moved there?" 
I'm like, yeah, I moved there. He's like, so you have no right to say that yeah, <laughs> all the yeah. stuff that they're bringing down all here is not good. I'm like, yeah, it's a very sensitive topic. Now, I want to kind of go back in time. What did you think Canada was going to be like before you moved? And then what was it really like for you? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was it was a lot like what I would expect, except that uh, I struggled with the cultural stuff. Like, I did struggle a lot with that in terms of like, People are just being polite. They don't need to know your life story. You know, like when somebody says, hey, how, how's it going? You don't tell them, oh, my God, I just lost my job and I'm going to be homeless. You just say, oh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Like, it's just a polite thing to ask. I also think the pleasant thing was uh, like <laughs> in Pakistan, like people don't respect lines, systems, organization, like if you have to line up for something, nobody lines up. Everybody's <laughs> just trying to jam in and like. It's like, I'm like, just like, you know, like, oh my just God, line up. just line up. <laughs> like, no, yeah. Like there's that, like, I'm really like when I was, uh, when I was applying for my student visa from Pakistan, I had to like get a police clearance certificate from Pakistan. And I went to like, so my, my family and I, we are based by like, do the right thing, you know, walk the straight line. I'm like, I'm just going to like, I'm going to go, there's my paperwork, give me the certificate. They're like, oh no, we can't do blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, I'll go to, they sent me to another place. They sent me to another, like for two weeks, I was just trying to get that done. And they kept like putting me in a loop. And then finally I realized they just want some money. Like they want me to give them some money so they can get that stamp. I'm like, I do not want to do that. Like I will never do that. I will never do that. But eventually they wore me down so much. I'm like, just fucking take the money, give me the stamp so I can just be <laughs> on my way. Right? Like, and in Canada, like there's a system, right? The, you go to service camp Ontario, you get your paperwork, you go there, you get your paperwork. Nobody's trying to like, yeah. there's people lined up. Like it's more, I don't know how to say it, but like nobody's trying to screw you over. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I appreciate that. The, the government is more stable. There's more, more political stability, but it's also there's cultural stuff around like, how us immigrants expected to be and how it actually is in terms of the people in terms of the, the, the way people are with each other, the social norms that we have here, like unspoken. So mm -hmm. like you, I struggle with that a lot. Like you're not supposed, I don't know. I can't think of anything, but like there's a very clear line, but nobody says what the line is, but everybody knows what the line is. And you're like, I don't know what the line is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, hit your head up and you're like, Oh, that's what the line is. So like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to call it, but you know, it's just there. Yeah. I mean, Canada does say that it's not, um, it's, it says it's welcoming. And I think it is. It says it's, it's not racist. And I think to a fair, fair extent, oh, yeah, they're not, they're not. But every now and then you're reminded that, okay, yeah. Yeah. there's a facade that is just yeah. there. And as an immigrant, you come across it every now and then. And then you, you have to, decide how you want to approach it. I'm just curious, like you have kids, right? Yep. Two. Biracial kids. Uh, two. Biracial kids. Two of them. Yeah. How do you, how do you handle that? Um, they're biracial, you know, how do you handle that with them? Like, <laughs> so they joke that they're like, oh, we're just Canadian. I'm like, yeah, you are Canadian, but you're half Pakistani and half Chinese. They're like, no, no, we're Canadian. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but they understand. Like my son is older now, he's six. So he understands that he has a heritage in Pakistan. We took him to Pakistan and like, you know, his cousins and his, uh, my parents come often and my, we celebrate, we try to celebrate Eid and I'm not particularly religious. 
So that's something that if I was more religious, I would have that community around a mosque or like, you know, mm-hmm. a church or whatever. You have that. Like my sister is religious. So when she came, they went to the local mosque and people were like, oh, you're new to London. Oh, come, let me, you know, invite over for dinner, bring you food to your house, all that stuff that happens because you're, you know, they're all yeah. Muslim from Pakistan or Arabs mm-hmm. or like that. We, we're, I'm not, so I have that piece missing, but we have friends and we, we're more cultural about it. So like, we'll make sure they know about Eid and what Eid is about and like Chinese New Year and all those festivals we try to, but it's very hard to like, obviously Christmas is the biggest one, right? Everybody, like, mm-hmm. So like, it's very hard to have that emphasis on the cultural festivals from our side when the biggest thing that happens is Christmas and like Christmas yeah. is like, everything is Christmas, but like Eid, like there's small pockets of things that happen, but yeah, but I appreciate that. Like his school celebrates most of the big festivals. So like, they'll be like, Oh, today is Eid. We're going to learn about Eid. Where today is Chinese New Year. So like, I think the, that's very important f- for them to grow up with that awareness, uh, which I, which I love. And staying a bit on that, uh, a bit on the point about them being half Pakistan, you know, half Canadian, half Chinese. And, but now st- I'm talking about you. Do you ever get the feeling that you're not fully Pakistan? Yeah. Not fully Canadian. All the time. Just <laughs> somewhere in between. Just hanging. somewhere in between. Yeah. I'm just somewhere. I sometimes I do have like a bit of like, who am I? Am I Pakistani? I shouldn't consider myself Pakistan. Like I don't like I never say I'm not Pakistan. Like if somebody says, Oh yeah, I'm like Pakistan. But I also start to feel more Canadian now because I've been here for a long time. I've settled in, I have a family here. I'm politically aware, I have opinions about different things. So like I am sort of Canadian, but also like I'll follow Pakistani politics and like what's going on in the country, well, who's, what is the army do now, Where, what happened to Imran Khan, like, you know, I'm still connected to that piece, but like, it's like both, both are a part of me and I've come to embrace that that's, that's who I am. I'm, I'm this and that, it's not one of, I'm not fully Pakistani. Uh, if I was, I wouldn't be able to survive in Canada, to be honest, because like just the mentality you have as a Pakistani is very different than, you know, but I'm not fully Canadian either because I'm not, I was not born here. I didn't grow up here. I don't get a lot of the cultural stuff, but I'm like, this is my home now. And, you know, I have to be politically active. I have to make this a better place because this is where my family is going to grow up. And eventually maybe my parents are going to move here and stuff. So like, this is home for me now. So this feels like home now. Um, even though like, I've been here for long enough that like we kind of feel like settled here. But that's like that's an interesting duality you always have is like, am I Pakistani? Am I Canadian? I'm not Canadian. But like I think there's a perception. I'm gonna try and like like a lot of my immigrants' friends will when they say somebody's Canadian, they mean they're Caucasian. And I always correct them. I'm like, Caucasian is not Canadian. You're Canadian because <laughs> you're like you're, you're Canadian. Like, don't think Caucasian is Canadian. Like call them Caucasian or European descent or something, but like a brown person is as much of a Canadian as mm-hmm. the next, you know, whatever race person. Like it's not about race, it's about where you feel belonging. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel belonging in Canada now. So I went to, uh, we went to Pakistan this year in March and I loved it. Right? I felt like, you know, I felt like home, but a lot of things were also different and uncomfortable for me because I'm not used to them anymore. And like the Pakistan that I grew up in is not there anymore. Like you kind of have this romantic vision of, oh, my childhood, you know, you, and you expect time to stay still, but like people have moved on. The country has moved on. Things have changed. Some things haven't changed, but a lot has changed. So like when you go back, I went back to my parents' house and like, 
Like this feels familiar, but it also feels different. And the country has changed a lot. And not for the better, the country's changed for the worst. So like that was really hard to like sort of deal with. I like the point you make about that romantic notion. I mean, because I think we, we leave the place. We leave yes. our former place. Yes. And we, we have that, that memory. Image of it. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, back home, it was like... <laughs> Um, and sometimes back home wasn't that great. Like, there's a reason. Yeah, like, to you be just miss it. You just miss the nostalgia. It's like when you have kids, right? You remember, you don't remember the sleepless nights and the sleep regression and the waking. Like, oh man, they were so cute. But like, you don't remember the ugly stuff. You only remember the good stuff. So I think we have that state of nostalgia. Like, I, I have a friend in uh, Pakistan. He's my close friend. He was also working with me at uh, 42 right now. He was going to the Dubai for a work visa thing and like he had to go get some stamps and stuff and like I was talking to him was like man this fucking country like nobody does a straight thing you always have to like jam into lines and nobody I'm like yeah like that's not what I when I think of back home there's all that ugly stuff that I don't remember and I don't miss it like, yeah. I don't want that in my life like the basic necessities of life the electric city, we don't we get power outages every four hours. Like you don't miss that stuff. You don't you don't remember that stuff. But like when you think about it, you're like yeah, it wasn't that good. it wasn't all <laughs> that good. There was a lot of ugly stuff that drove me out of the country in the first place. Almost as if the human mind shuts out all the bad stuff and keeps yeah, the good absolutely. stuff for you. Absolutely. But like it's yeah, it's it's like I feel I feel more at home here. In a way, but a big part of my identity is Pakistan. That's where I was like, you know, my high school, my university, a big chunk of my life was there. But I've been here for long enough that I don't feel like an outsider now. If that makes sense. Like I've been yeah, here for 12 yeah. years. Like I feel like I'm like pretty. And because we're a biracial family, it's not like, I think the other, this is again a sensitive topic, but like a lot of, we don't live in like a predominantly Pakistani neighborhood where everybody in our circle is Pakistan. We live in a pretty multicultural neighborhood, but there's like different people from different, we have friends from different races, different countries. So like we have that diversity. I think a lot of people, like I know for a fact that some people from, from that I went to university with in Canada, they, they wanted to replicate that same thing they had in Pakistan, the good and the bad. I'm like, that's like, yeah. no, don't do that. No, like you're a new country. You have to you're not forget your values and where you come from, but also appreciate what this country has to offer you exactly like you have to you can't just like stay in your bubble yeah, your, your bubble yeah, yeah yeah to to, to say to, to add to that I, th- I feel like the gift of immigration is that it allows you to take the good parts of your values yes and take the good parts of the values or the, the country you're in yes. and mix them together to create a yeah. unique individual and then pass that on to your kids and say so this is who we are Hopefully yeah. they take all of it or some of it. But yeah. you say, you know what? I'm going to stay in my bubble of this is, oh, I'm from Nigeria. So I have to be like Nigerians. They're yeah. like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have just traveled. You should have left your country. You just stayed back home. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of immigrants I've seen, especially from South Asia, make that mistake where, or even from China, where either it's a language barrier or it's a culture barrier where they don't feel comfortable being around. But you have to be because you're in a new country. You have to yes. appreciate all that it has to offer you. You can't just like, 
stay in your bubble of other Pakistani people and that's all you do and you don't try new cuisines or new people or new culture experiences like you just eat biryani and like you know go mm-hmm. try some French food go try some poutine go try some <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah yeah just just curious have you ever had any overwhelming moments since you moved here like when you're like <sighs> why did I do this <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> But I'll tell you an interesting story. So when I graduated, I was like homesick. I was like, I'm like, this was great, but I miss home. I want to be back home, back, go back. And I'd call up my friends and they're like, man, I miss hanging out with you guys. I miss, you know, all that stuff. And they're like, dude, what are you going to do when you come back? Like, there's not, there's literally nothing for you in Pakistan right now. There's no job opportunities. The economy is not growing. You already worked at P&G. which is considered the best job you can have in Pakistan and you left that <laughs> like that was not for you like if you come back you go back to the same thing and you're just going to be miserable like that for me kind of like clicked I'm like okay I have to make a life for myself here I can't just like go back because there's a reason I left in the first place and I wanted to have bigger opportunities and then I went my my wife and I started dating and I'm like well you're from China I'm from Pakistan I'm not moving to China you're not moving to Pakistan So Canada is like probably the only place that can welcome us and we can build a family together. Like there were like, of course, there's moments where you're like, uh, I remember I was, uh, had some big dental thing come up and like I had to pay out quite a significant amount of money. I'm like, oh my God, like there's so much money. I'm going to go broke. I don't know. Like I was like, you know, but it works out. Yeah. Hmm. I, th- I think the last question I have for you, but it's probably a question that has many legs is parenting here versus parenting oh, yeah. back home. <laughs> I think pros and cons, like I was replying to Jay's tweet about parenting. I'm yeah. Like, parenting here is seen as a solo sport. You, it's just you, uh, you don't have a lot of family or if you do have family, the expectation is the family is not there to babysit your kids. you sort of like you have to take on the bulk of the responsibility and Pakistan it's like the grandparents the aunts and uncles everybody kind of shares like my my mom raised has a big part to raising my nephews and nieces because they're there to support my sister and my brother and all that it's a big thing right like when you have kids like your world kind of turns upside down here it's like you hire help or you send them to daycare or you know, you just suck it up and you just deal with the shit that it brings you and like you're tired and exhausted and you're just like, why did I have kids in the first place? I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know who I am anymore. Uh, but I think it's also good because bringing up kids here is like, I think they're exposed to more cultures. They're exposed to more opportunities. They're exposed to more. It's a kinder place. It's more like raising kids in Pakistan. It has its pros with the family stuff, but that's also a con because the family can also bear a lot of pressure on you on how you raise your kids. Oh, why are you, why are you raising your kids this way? You should, you know, everybody has, a, everybody also has an opinion in how you do things. Here, at least you can do whatever, like you can raise them the way you want them to raise them. And in Pakistan, you would have a lot of family pressure to raise them in a certain way because that's how you're supposed to raise kids. So I think there's like pros and cons to that. But I think like overall, it's, it's interesting, especially because we're like mixed kids, mixed family, different cultural backgrounds. Uh, I'm pretty happy with like my kids understand and appreciate all that about themselves. And they love, like, I think makes it, I think Canada is the only place where you can have a mixed, like, or the human, like, you know, where people don't look at us weird because we're a 
brown guy with an Asian and mixed kids. Like, it's like, yeah, that's pretty normal. Like, you have mixed yeah. kids. If we were in Pakistan, we'd probably get <laughs> like, <laughs> What is that? Yeah, what is that? You know, like, like, how did you do that? Well, how, what, 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 like, everybody would like poke our nose in our business. Uh, you know, like, they were like, oh, look at this guy. He's like, uh, like, hey, it's like perfectly normal. No, I said, to there's a lot of stuff, a, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I said to a friend some, some weeks or months ago that for me, Canada is like one massive experiment in diversity. Yeah. Like, because I'm not sure that any other place in the world where you have the amount of, different races, kids all growing up together at the same time, you yeah. know, brown, black, white, Caucasian, like mixed kids, all yeah. of them all just growing up together. And like, I'm like, it's going to be interesting to see how the kind of world of society Canada is in the next 20, 30 years. When yeah. all these kids that we have now are now the adults of like, I, yeah. I, I can't wait to see the world they're living. Yeah. Because I think like, it'll be a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's so different. Like my, my child, my child's class, has Korean, Vietnamese, yeah. Yeah. Um, every, Pakistan, every. Indian, Nigerian, yeah. Ghanaian, yeah. like the mix, Caucasian, the mix is amazing. He had his seven-year-old birthday party and I'm just looking at all the kids that came to the house and I'm like, yeah. this is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that about Canada because you can meet somebody from Vietnam and you can have authentic Vietnamese food. Yes. <laughs> just like they make it back home. <laughs> and then you can go to a Jamaican place and they'll make you the yes. best Jamaican food you ever had. Yes. And they go to a Pakistani place and they make you the best chicken kadahai you ever had. And like, you just get to enjoy the best. Like, I think it's an amazing, amazing thing about here. It's like everybody is bringing their culture with them. And it's like, it's just wonderful. I, that's like, I love Canada for that reason. Yeah, I do me think too. though that there's a debate going on on Twitter these days. I don't know if you saw it, but like housing crisis, oh, house oh, prices. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like all these international students that are coming in for like some random degree because the college wants to make money from international students, but they don't have opportunities in the country. Like there's all that. I think that's the yeah. negative stuff. I think we should talk about that more, but there's a lot of positive stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I agree. The housing crisis is really sad to, it's sad to watch. And it's sad to watch schools play around with that. Like literally just gets kids in. Hey, you, yeah, you, we have a degree for you. Come and just pay us and get, we'll give you a PGWP. But then you come in, you finish school. There's no job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no job. Yeah. There's no house. Like, yeah, you gotta put a house and you don't have a job and you're just like constantly struggling. Like I've, uh, a couple of my friends from Pakistan have like said, Hey, we think of immigrating to Canada. I'm like, I, if you, like, I don't know if you should, because there's just not opportunity. Like, it seems like there's no opportunities. Like the, the, yes, you can go find a job at Tim Hortons, but that's not what you want to be doing. You want to, yeah. like, you know, the, the economic opportunities seem to be shrinking. Yeah. And I don't think the answer to that is to bring more immigrants in. I'm an immigrant. Yeah, no. I'm very pro immigrant. I'm not saying we should not bring it. Like we should, like, but we should balance that when they yeah. come, they have things. Because if they don't have a house, how are they going to contribute to society when they're just like, mm-hmm. they're just like, yeah, 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 exactly. I agree. I, I agree to an extent. I agree because for me, it's, I always think about it like, okay, yeah, we want more people. Yes. More people means bigger economy. Most, um, markets have, you know, how when you look at your time, you say, oh, the time is now always yeah. 50 million people. <laughs> like that's good to see. Yeah. But if the time doesn't have money to spend, then the time is not a time. The time yeah. is just, yeah. the time yeah. is just, people moving around hungry and angry, you yeah. know, and it feels like Canada is at that point where they have to decide, do we bring yeah. in more people or do we fix yeah. the economy? You know, 
And do wow. I have to watch series? Because like Toronto, Vancouver, those are two big... What about Nova Scotia? What about Saskatchewan? Yeah. Like it's a big land, but the people are concentrated in like very small places. Yeah. And then Quebec is there doing their own thing. I don't know what they do. <laughs> <laughs> So like Quebec is a very interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Montreal for for just over a year and it's a beautiful city but like it's just like its own little universe of things. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that a lot. I hear I hear like Quebec is just Canada and there's Quebec. That's Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> so you either you either live in Canada or you live in Quebec. I mean, yeah. even even when you apply for certain things they tell you If you live in Quebec, you get you X, Y, Z, and I'm like, wait, yo, yo, yo. Uh, is that, are they not part of us? Or they're not part of us? <laughs> yeah. Like, all these apply, except for Quebec. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, those, those, those folks are some, something else. They have their own thing going on. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think we, we have a big land. We have, but our, like, if you, if I look at the US, there's like so many cities, so many towns, so many, but like in Canada, I always feel like, what, what, like, Toronto is a big, like everybody goes to Toronto for yeah. Toronto. And now slowly people are going to Calgary and then Vancouver, but like, yeah. what about the rest of Canada? Like, yeah. We need to develop more of the people and infrastructure and population centers. It's not just concentrated. It's it's so wild. Like the other day I was looking at, I, just, I, I forget what I was looking at, but I know that I stumbled across other cities in Alberta. And I was like, yep. wait, we have this many cities in Alberta? <laughs> Because all I know is Calgary and Edmonton. And yeah. then I know Fort McMurray because a friend stays there. But then, like, yeah. we have this many cities. Same with Ontario. I was in Toronto and we started driving across Ontario. I'm like, wait, we have this in Ontario? There's a city called Woodstock in Ontario? I did not know that. It's like a really small, beautiful town. But, like, it, nobody's there. Like, it's like a small oh, town. Gosh. That's it. So I, oh, I think yeah. like we need more people, but we need more people distributed across. Yeah. And like make yeah. sure we have opportunities for them because otherwise they're going to be angry at the system. They're just going to like get their PR, go back and like, you know, yeah. never come back and they don't contribute to the economy. Yeah. This is, I, I know I, I've come across this thread where they've said a lot of people get their, get their PR, get their citizenship and then just move to another country to go and leave. Yeah. Because they're like, Canada is yeah. not working out for them. Yeah. Which is yeah. sad to see. So I think this country has prospects. All right. Thank you so much, Camille. Like this was amazing. Thank you for that amazing 45 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. It was really good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome.